There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Can't explain how this podcast is making me feel. This cruising overdrive and tides behind the steering wheel. Because these movies are obscene But I can't stop it from turning in I believe in romance in the pod With the host Finch, Mikey and Todd There's a chance they can make it now But only if you subscribe to the show I believe in romance in the pod Hey love while you're at it, how about writing us a five-star review? Maybe if you're lucky, Mike, you'll take one of you to pound town, or at least read it on the podcast. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch She's, She's the, the Man. Man. And if Paige sounds a little bit different, it's because she is live on location doing some shows in San Diego and is using a different mic. Yes. Because she's super successful and funny, more <laughs> successful and funny than us. Which is, you know... From the feedback from the internet, I get it. Yeah, I mean, from the feedback from the internet, that is accurate. <laughs> Mikey, I've read our reviews, too. I know where we stand. Yeah, yeah. They're like, those two white guys, they're okay. Paige is great. Yeah. <laughs> she's super funny. I call Paige secret sauce behind her back mm-hmm. because she's what holds it together. <laughs> Normally, people reserve that kind of language for roast battles, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> I would say that I don't think this movie works as a high school movie. I think this would work as a college movie because when you put it in context that this is high school there's like felonies so many felonies in this movie (laughs) oh yeah at the end of this movie tits and dick are on public (laughs) display mikey that's one of the biggest problems with this movie i was watching it with alexa and uh i was like look at those cheerleaders look how adult those two yeah they got the dallas cowboy cheerleaders to dance around their high school field what if we went to our daughter's cheerleading soccer game and we sat down and i would have been like my daughter is dressed like a trollop. She is 14. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I love that you use the word trollop like an 85-year-old man. <laughs> Here is what is crazy. I don't know why it's not college. It does make sense for it to be... Right, like a private... Co- like two private rival colleges or something? Yeah, yeah, that would make a lot more sense, yes. Now, and and granted, I think this made more sense to me both when I was in high school but also now as an adult because 
I went to private school. We didn't board. We didn't have that option. Sure. But a lot of the schools that we played like athletically did. So we were constantly like playing against schools like this on their campuses, but the cheerleaders never fit. That was never, that's never a thing. So like, it wasn't strange to me that they would be boarding and have dorms, but it should be because that's not the norm. And it is the norm in college, which would make this a much easier movie with a lot less felonies in it. <laughs> My second thing, that is, since it is in high school, the fact that Channing Tatum is in it, after he's been in a movie like, and then goes on to be in a movie where he 2021 Jump Street, where they make jokes about how he looks 30 in high school. Yeah, he for sure looks 30 <laughs> in high school in this movie. Here's the crazy thing. He is not 30 in high school in this movie. He is only like 22 or something like that. He just looks 30. <laughs> <laughs> he's just one of those dudes that he's always looked 30 I mean if you look at him now yes. he's like 42 or something and he still looks 30 I love this movie because his best friend the guy with the dreads is from Dale and Tucker versus evil he's the yes. he's one of the college kids in that <gasps> really he, he is uh, to be honest that friend has one of my favorite story arcs in this movie I love <laughs> I'm here for him and Eunice forever. oh you, they're the best actors in the movie too like when Eunice finally gets to say something to Channing Tatum at the beginning I laugh so hard because she's his lab partner or whatever she's the only one i truly believed in this movie everyone else <laughs> is like play acting and she like really is like in it and so is the guy who ends up being her boyfriend at the end i loved his man i hate high school little oh, bit it was so fucking funny. in the movie so great alexa pointed out that amanda Bynes is like comedy acting style is like her body wiggles like a wacky inflatable man <laughs> as she like dance <laughs> in everything she does yes it is so here's the thing. Amanda Bynes and I are the same age. Oh, okay. Uh, this came out the year I graduated from high school. Like this movie came out senior year. We absolutely saw it senior year. Like my friend and I went to see it together. We thought Channing Tatum was like the cute. We like could not believe how hot he was. Sure, yeah. And then I remember going home and looking him up on the internet, which was a very new phenomenon to do. We had only been able to like do that for like six or seven years total. <laughs> <laughs> and reading his bio where this is like his first, first movie. This is like yeah. one of the first things he does. And his bio before that was like, he's a dancer. <laughs> And I just remember my friend's mom having to then explain to us that that meant stripper. Yeah. <laughs> that he was a male stripper that has been hired for this film. Have you guys seen the video of him as a stripper, like the actual one? I worked with a guy whose wife used to date Channing Tatum. Oh, good for her. During the time where he was a, quote, dancer. Yes. <laughs> so I know a lot about that time in his life through her. Well, and, and here's the thing. No shame. No shame no, at all. not at all. If I had a body like that, I'd be dancing right now. Mm. And good, good for him for <laughs> leveraging that into an amazing career. Yeah, that <laughs> like, dude's made millions of dollars off of having decent abs. Like, if you look at him, his body in this movie, it's great. But it's not 300 great. It's not Magic Mike Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen Magic Mike, so I haven't seen him dance. The first Magic Mike is, like, a very dark, r r depressing romance. Like, it's about a stripper who, like, is depressed because he has no purpose in life and can't really connect with women. Yeah, and, and is disillusioned with this industry yeah. yeah and it's like it's like a steven soderbergh film yes <laughs> it is no he's absolutely right and then the sequel's like nah fuck it it's just like strippers having fun it's like britney spears's crossroads the sequel is and I yes. was, and so it, but the 
first one, he's like, it's like very, very dark. Like, what's that movie with that chick from Saved by the Bell? Showgirls is what you're Showgirl. It's like, that's Todd. The first Magic Mike is like very dark. The second one, they're like, nah, undo all that. Because he like goes through an arc and like leaves stripping behind at the end and stuff. Doesn't it? Yeah. To be a carpenter. Yes. Um, Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. A lot of people don't know that in between 13 and 30, when Jesus started like, you know, being whatever, he was a dancer. No, no I mean, that, that, I mean, it all checks out because I don't know if you've seen the crucifixes. Like, look at the abs. Yeah. <laughs> Dude had a body. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that spear could finish the job because Mikey, <laughs> it literally was like a washboard. It, his body was so good, Mikey. <laughs> We still honor it today through the sacrament. That is how <laughs> on point Jesus' body was. Paige can't handle this anymore. <laughs> Paige is like head in hand trying not to laugh because she knows it means she's going to hell. But like. <laughs> no, every time I go to church, I feel body shamed. That's the reason I stopped going, Mikey. I was like, I don't think I can live up to these horrible beauty standards that Jesus is imposing on me. Jesus, forgive me. I have eight donuts today. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. I enjoy carbs. <laughs> I think donuts are, are the real bread of the community. <laughs> the jelly is the blood of Christ. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's an all-in-one sacrament. I love it. Enjoy your <laughs> yes. jelly donuts. God be praised. As, as someone who <laughs> yeah. went to church for many, 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 many years, Every single Sunday, all the time. Same. There is one bread I can guarantee is at every church service, and it is donuts. So <laughs> this just makes sense. Yeah. I'm glad that you agreed with everything I just said, Paige. Thank you so Absolutely much for agreeing not. with everything I just said, <laughs> and we'll move on. <laughs> I, I am a Christian, Paige. I get what you're saying, but like... Faith can move mountains. That's how you get a body like that. <laughs> move mountains and flip tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm 1,000% bet you there is a CrossFit Body Like Jesus program out there somewhere. There absolutely is. And there's definitely shirts that use that pun to their advantage to be like, yeah, I'm into CrossFit. And it's like, he died for us. And I'm like, this is an upsetting shirt. Do you guys remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, all of yes, those I know exactly what you're talking about it would, Michael. It would take yes, a famous brand name but it would, make a, yep. it would make a Christian slogan like Reese's peanut butter cups but it's like Jesus peanut butter cups yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes I do remember this <laughs> This, when we do watch remember we'll talk to, about that for oh a long God. time yes. <laughs> because that was that era but first we've got to talk about this movie yeah we do absolutely oh, do have we even done first thoughts so what did you guys think about it the first time you saw it it's, this is the first time I saw it yeah, it was the first time I saw it too, Mikey. I'm the only one who had seen it before. Okay. The first time I saw this, I loved it. And I got to be honest with you, last night when I watched it again for the first time in mm, probably a decade, uh, still loved it. Uh, it was great. I know there are so many problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> But damn it, it's fun. Yeah. And I am probably wrong, and I know you disagree, and that's okay. <laughs> no, Paige, 100%. i come to terms. I feel like this is the most faithful adaptation of any Shakespeare work I've ever watched. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love Twelfth Night so much, so watching this was sort of, like, fun and infuriating for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, like where they named the spider Malayu? Yes! Yeah. I was like, I mean, he is sort of spiderly. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he causes them to freak out and jump on the bed together. I was like, how did the spider get in their room specifically? Anyway. He put it in there. Ooh, maybe. I mean, we didn't see that, but I choose to believe that reading. Yeah. That's I my choose head to believe cannon. that he chose violence that way. Yeah. Oh, and we definitely need to talk about why that dude talks to that spider and he can hear that spider talking back to him. That man is in the <laughs> midst of a psychotic break and no one is addressing it. We we need to talk about the song that he wrote for Olivia that he sings that in banger lab. In lab get class? To it, Hell yeah. Yeah. About him looking through her window at night. Yeah. yeah. It is very like, what are you admitting to right now? Yeah. It's troubling. So Mikey, what did you think? Not since Twilight have I watched a movie and said, this is so bad repeatedly over and over again. <laughs> but I'm picking a movie next week that I've never seen based on the two people starring in it and the concept that also could be very bad. I can't wait. it's from the 80s. I think you guys will be excited, but it will also be bad. Is it still time travel summer? No. We are recording in September. It became cooler here. Yeah. Okay. It is now the ending of time time travel summer. All right. Well, we'll get to that at the end of this episode when we talk about what we're doing next, but I cannot wait, Mikey. But no, I thought this movie was objectively terrible. It is. Every (laughs) sense of the word. There was moments that were... fun i guess but then when i i guess i kept getting taken out of it and i was like this is high school like we're <laughs> like everyone should be in jail at the end of this right. movie yeah but david cross is there basically oh. being tobias funke yes, if right. tobias funke was the principal of a school and we're just gonna let it happen we're gonna let it happen this movie made me love david cross so much more because it is a batshit insane movie and he is just giving it like he is so good do they let minors leave the country uh, like without permission yeah if you bought a ticket sure yeah like i could be 16 i could just go to london or whatever i was 16 when i went to italy but that's the thing the whole fact that they're in high school like took me out of the like if this was college age, like if they're like 18 19 or whatever i'd be like oh the kid's sneaking off to london he's tricked his parents i was like this all makes sense yeah i do think it makes more sense college for Almost everything in this movie. Those cheerleading uniforms only cover 20% of their body. That makes sense. Oh, They're in college. that's so nuts. Dude, even my college cheerleaders weren't dressed that way. That's NFL cheerleader level. Yeah. And all the cheerleaders look 30. Because they are 30. <laughs> like, outfits aside, because, hey, wear what you're going to wear. Cheer how you're going to cheer. I support your struggle. But also, they look 30, and it's a high school. Yeah. Maybe we should just get into this movie, because we definitely have a lot to talk about with all of this. It's going to be well longer than the runtime of the actual movie. <laughs> That's our specialty. Yeah. If you're here for a podcast, we're exhaustive. If you're looking for a deep dive breakdown of... The Shakespeare inspired She's the Man, we've got you covered. <laughs> uh, so we open on credits with Amanda Bynes playing like beach soccer. It's very Greece in that it's like, this is the last few days of summer, yes. and this is what they're doing on the beach, hanging out. And she and her boyfriend Justin are kissing and having fun. We do reveal that he used to be a bad kisser, which is par for the course on this show. Every man probably used to be a bad kisser. Yeah. And, and hey, I enjoy kissing quite a bit. Yeah, same. But it's an unnatural act. You heard it here first. <laughs> kissing is a sin. That's what Paige was like. No, 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 no. No, just like who came up with that? Who was who was like, I like you. Let's put our mouths on each other. Uh, because 100% it was a guy's idea. Because you know, as soon as you get a boner, it's just like, 
Let's do some weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's because all the brain rushes out of your head. Yeah, you're like, like, put your face to my face. (laughs) Let's smush our faces together. (laughs) I don't know why I became Randy Savage in that moment. Like, oh, yeah, brother. I'm inside you and our faces are close. Let's just put our mouths together. (laughs) Swirl your tongue inside me. Let me snap you with my Slim Jim. (laughs) <laughs> I know that it serves a biological imperative to like swap genetic material. Yeah, I always thought it was in, an Ugh. instinct like that. I leave my yeah. penis up for that. <laughs> Mikey, <laughs> just like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, does never kiss on the mouth. That's not true. I really like kissing. <laughs> so do I. I like it too. Anyway, he was a bad kisser. She taught him well. And he also reveals that she's been getting a lot better at soccer. And he says that she's better than half the guys on his team. Now, he does say that as they've been kissing and canoodling. Yeah. So, like. That is fully pillow talk, really. Yeah. he Pillow talk isn't supposed to be lies. I mean. (laughs) That's why you leave. Okay. If you are not ready to lay in a bed with a woman and tell her the truth, just get out. (laughs) You can't fake pillow talk. It just leads you into trouble. So, I mean, if you like someone and you're willing to tell the truth to them, lay there. (laughs) I feel like there should be carte blanche on pillow talk where it's like (laughs) your brain is not there. Say whatever. Just be laying there like I'm actually a mummy. I don't know if you knew. I think what you mean is you're a cummy and now you're just going to lay here and, you know, dissolve into the bed. It's sticky. Put my organs in these jars. Uh, (laughs) I'm just imagining a, a person like telling someone they love them after sex and then being like, oh, that was like pillow talk. So that doesn't count. <laughs> I have definitely had someone say that to me, Mikey. Uh, that's why I'm like, hey, my dog has to go out. <laughs> They're like, well, we're at your place. Just let him out. He's like, uh, he's a real shy pooper, so I'm gonna need you to leave. We're actually gonna go to the park now. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got a weird schedule. I'm so sorry. You've got. I to called go. you an Uber, so we'll see. I'll see you someday. <laughs> someday, I'll see you with the hearing. <laughs> so we cut to the school year. I just got that. <laughs> Mikey, I love how slow on the uptake you are sometimes. It's my favorite. Like I had a kid with them accidentally. I got yeah. it. So we cut to the beginning of the school year, or rather like a couple weeks before school actually starts, when the girls' soccer team shows up and finds out that their team has been cut due to lack of interest. Essentially, Amanda Bynes won't have the chance to play soccer this year for her school. You think the quicker solution would be just talk like five more girls into playing soccer throughout the whole school. Right, yes. That definitely would be the better solution. Less wigs, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I do love that they take the ladybugs approach to this, but like, it is a bonkers thought to have. Be like, oh, my brother's going out of town. Although, actually at this point, she doesn't even know that yet. This is not where she comes up with the plan, my bad. They're just like, Oh, I guess we're dead forever. And I was like, you guys could just go talk to other women besides the three of you in school. Yeah, I mean, there's only four <laughs> women in that shot. There's no like five. Oh, there's five. five but yeah. well, so there's still not even half a soccer team. Like they're going yeah, to have right. six more, six, six people more. into doing it. Yeah. And it seems like a large school since they play at like a NFL stadium for their <laughs> soccer game. See, yeah. thank you. Thank you. I feel vindicated from our Never Been Kissed episode where I'm like, yes, these are large arenas for a school. Like, this is nuts. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's a soccer game, so there'd only be 17 people in the whole audience anyway. Yeah, Natalie was like, would there be this many people at a soccer game? And I was like, no. No. There would be literally a few parents there, and that's it. It depends on how many girlfriends the team has. Like, (laughs) collectively, how many girlfriends are on the team. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> we had an amazing soccer team when I was in, in high school. Just like the guy, like group of guys that were there, they were so good. And it just like luck of the draw, they were all there at the same time. So they could all play on the same team. And they would like get like state and shit. And <laughs> no one went. No one, like, my best friend had a huge crush on one of the guys that was, like, the captain of the soccer team. She's like, do you want to watch the soccer game? And I was like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Which I realize that overseas is a very different, or even just Mexico and Canada, very different vibe. And that soccer is much more important. And I think something about the American attention span, we just don't jive with it. I love soccer. I love watching soccer. I played soccer growing up. Like, I played varsity two years and, oh, Tommy. Too. Two years in high school, I played varsity. My freshman year, my senior year, I couldn't play my sophomore and junior year because of the accident. And I, I honestly mm-hmm. couldn't do much those two years. So, like, I love soccer. I was pretty decent at it. But our team also wasn't great, hence the varsity my freshman year. But I love watching it. It's fun. I definitely understand when people are like, it's boring. It's so slow. Like, if you don't know the ins and outs of soccer, like, plays and how plays develop on the fly and stuff like that, it is super boring to watch. Like, I get it. I played travel ball. Uh, yeah, same. Growing up. I gra- yeah. I, I was a soccer ref. Yeah, same. I, you know, high, oh, my God. Yeah. All the high school stuff. I'm the kind of guy. I love playing sports anyway. I, I yeah. don't like watching sports as much because I'm just like, unless I'm playing, I'm like not super invested. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't really ever care who wins unless I'm playing. So it sort of is not super fun to watch. Right. But I've never been to a soccer game with a lot of fans. I just never. <laughs> No, I mean, <laughs> in 1996, when I was like in middle school, the World Cup was in the U.S. My neighbor got tickets and their son didn't want to go. So I went with them to a World Cup game in Florida at Seminole Stadium. There were probably about 10,000 people there and it seats like 70,000 people. So, yeah. <laughs> That is how much the U.S. likes soccer. <laughs> so two, 2004, I was in Italy during the World Cup. <laughs> that checks out. I bet it was nuts. I bet it was nuts over there. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was nuts. And it was real, real sad how little most of the people I was with cared where we were just like, why is everything so crowded? And they're like, it's the World Cup, you fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I understand, I think Italy did well for a while. I just remember a lot of screaming. I just remember us going to, like, we would get to, like, a hotel and the, like, lobby of the hotel would be just, like, full of people crowded around a TV screaming. Uh, Paige, this is just because women aren't as good soccer fans as men. <laughs> That's not true. I'll, I'll watch women's soccer all day. No, I just want to be as blatantly sexist as, as all of all of the men at this school who apparently have never heard of lawsuits before. Thank you. Okay, so and this, is, this is something that as a high schooler, I, I did not understand the first time I saw this movie. But like watching this now as an adult, when she asks to try out for the men's team, I'm like, this could be this would be a much shorter movie because all she would have to do is walk to the principal's office and be like, this is what just happened to me. And you will let me try out yeah. for that team or I will sue you. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it goes beyond that. Cause the coach doesn't just go, Oh, Hey, we don't allow women to try out for the men's soccer team. He was right. like, Women can't physically do as much as men and are an inferior species to men. He literally says half of what you just said, but implies the rest. Yeah, He would be fired on the spot. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I love that for him. (laughs) He basically goes up to your your places in the kitchen, but doesn't quite get there. Yeah. He's like, I don't know why you've got these soccer cleats when you should be barefoot and making me a sandwich. Like, that's... 
about as close as he gets. Yeah. But here's the one that he that line delivery is so bonkers. <laughs> when he's just like, girls can't beat boys. And I was like, who directed you? Who told you to say it that way? He goes into like the Confederate. I mean, he does. He's like, girls cannot play soccer like men. Yeah. A woman's place in the South is not on the field. Are they calling him on a Ouija board, Mikey? Like, why does he talk yeah. like the Confederate Ouija board general? He is. My dearest Abigail, I do find that the female brain folds are not as deep as the men's. And thus their ability to strategize on the fly and then formulate yeah. anything remotely close to what would be solid soccer play is impossible. You can't try out for this team. A woman's legs are thin and spaghetti-like. <laughs> Unable to kick a ball as far as a man. Not to mention they are ruled by the moon. What are we to do if you have blood all over the field and how will we manage your wild mood swing? What about the bears who will be attracted to such blood? <laughs> I can see that your feeble brain has not thought out the complexities of having a woman on the field. You can't try out for this team. You're just lucky we allow you in school for people to look at while we are in class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any reason why we should need to educate our baby breeding machines. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, the movie pretty much goes that far. Yeah, yeah. he has real <laughs> Confederate general energy. We'll just say that. <laughs> and then, and then, and then he turns to the boyfriend. And he's like, right? He's like. Yep. Yeah, the boyfriend pulls like a Gaston. Like, how could you read this? There's no pictures. Women don't need to learn. Yeah, like that. It's just a whole team of them. It's great. Yeah. And again, she uh, doesn't march her way into the office and sue them to death. Or call the news or anything that people would do. News. I mean, when I was in middle school, I very vividly remember playing against teams that had girls on their team because they didn't have enough girls to field a women's soccer team, right? I, I remember yeah. that. That was actually the twin of one of the other boys at the school <laughs> dressed up like a man. And before every game, they had to flash just to be sure who was who. <laughs> I, from what I understand, and I and I could be wrong. A also, I didn't go to public school, so I don't know how public school works. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta show them your dick if you gotta prove you're a guy. It's part of the physical page. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure any girl can try out for for men's teams if they choose to. I know they can now. I, I know that yeah. that women can try out for football and everything. I think back in the when we were in school, probably 90s, early 2000s, they might have still had those policies like you're not allowed to play male sports. I would imagine today that is all ironed out. When I was in school, if you're going to have a men's team of something, you had to have a women's team of it as well. Yes. You had to have the option for both. Like NCAA, like they have scholarships. Like if you have a men's team that's scholarship, you have to have another female team that is a, a, a scholarship team of that. Yeah, which was given as one of the reasons. I mean, one of many. My school didn't have football. I'm, I'm sure insurance was probably the number one reason. <laughs> insurance and funding. Uh, but number three, and one of the reasons that was cited was that there wasn't enough interest to have a girls football team and they would have wanted to have both. Um, which makes sense. I'd play on a girls football team. That sounds fun as shit. I don't want to play on a men's football team because I enjoy my clavicles and my hips. A woman's place with pig skin is making a roast. <laughs> a woman's place with pig skin is making cracklings over a hot burning stove. 
Anyway, it's hilariously theatrical levels of misogyny. It does go without saying that we're joking and we don't actually think those things we're saying when we're talking in the Confederate general's mm, accent, right? Yes. No, I do. Surely we do not believe anything we're saying in this accent. <laughs> a wink, a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID vaccine changes your DNA. And after it's done, you'll allow women on soccer teams. (laughs) I didn't realize that our Confederate general was one of Alex Jones's ancestors. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who do you think he gets his information from? Anyway, so her boyfriend sides with the coach because he's an asshole. This dude's a grade A asshole. He's the worst. I do like that after this happens, she never looks at him the same ever again. Oh, yeah. No. Never. I do love that the second he treats her with any sort of misogyny, she's like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. We're not together anymore. And there's no question about it. And I'm not considering getting back together with you ever once again. You are the worst. I do love that about this movie that she so easily tells him to fuck off. It's mm-hmm. so great. So we cut to she's walking home. She's sad. And a woman comes up behind her yelling Sebastian. Turns out this is Sebastian's girlfriend, Monique, uh, who greets her every time she sees her with, ew, it's you. Yeah. Monique is the worst. Monique is played by Alex Breckenridge, who has done many, many things. She's been on multiple seasons of American Horror Story and a bunch of other stuff. And she was one of my regular customers when I worked at Surlo Time. Really? And she, yes, and she could not be nicer. That's She's awesome. Like so That's great. super nice. But she constantly plays an evil bitch. And I remember one time in the store being like, hey, I was like, cool episode of American Horror Story. I was like, I'm sorry they always make you be the mean girl. And she's like, it's just the way my face is. I was like, yeah, but at least you know that. And she's like, yeah, works work. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. Listen, if they were going to pay me what they pay actors in like big shows like that to be a bad person. I'd be a bad person. Like, I yeah. don't have the ability to act that well, so that would never happen. But morally, I would have no qualms about it. Yeah, as you shouldn't. Uh, like, I was nothing but happy for her and her, mil- I assume, millions at this point. Oh, maybe. I would assume so, too. But who knows? Who knows? I could look her up on NetWorth.com and get some wildly inaccurate information. I'm just looking <laughs> up. I'm trying to see, like, what she's been in recently. Oh, she was on This Is Us. Walking Dead. Yeah, she's done so, so Oh, when she's been much. in like series of TV shows, like yep. then she's getting like residuals on residuals. Like Natalie did, I, I don't know if I should tell you this. I'll have to ask her, but I'll have to cut this. She did that one Lifetime movie yeah. where she played, she wasn't just an extra, like she played Dottie West in a story about Patsy and Loretta. So like right. she was like a, a named character. Like it's a pretty decent sized part. Anyway, so like she still gets residual checks from that. It was like two years ago and they're not yeah. nothing. Like, yeah. So I bet if you're like a big part of a series, like a TV series, you make lots of money in residuals. Anyway, so she runs up on Amanda Bynes and is like, hey, you look like your brother from the back, which I think she means as an insult, but it's going to serve for the entire basis of this film. Yeah, it absolutely Which, by the is. way, the, the part of you that you have to use to fool people into thinking you're a different person is the front. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely the dick part. <laughs> no, just, just the face part. I was thinking more of the face she part. She looks like Justin Bieber the whole movie. Yes, she yeah. does. 
and it well, and, and they do do a slightly good job of like finding a guy that kind of looks she, like her. they do that yeah sebastian he's not even an actor they just like had to find someone who looked like her with short hair i'm sure i think he's been in other things but like so he he does kind of but he's like six inches taller than yeah her, he is taller than and her. like a fully different build yeah i do love that <laughs> casting was like okay someone put amanda Bynes in the wig she's gonna have for the shoot all right take a picture all right, they hired like private investigators to go find this boy. Like in my mind, they had the T one thousand going around. Ha- like, <laughs> have, have you, you seen, seen this get out boy? of my brain? <laughs> <laughs> and that, instead oh of trying God. to kill him, like they're like, we want to give you a lot of money to pretend to be Amanda Bynes as a male. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, anyway, she wants to know where Sebastian is. Viola's like. I don't know. I'm not his like secretary or anything. Right. And asks if he has her phone number. He's like, I'll tell I'll tell him to call you. Is your number still one eight hundred biatch? Which is <laughs> unnecessarily mean, but I liked it all the same. My favorite part of that is that she really sells that it's a joke, and that to me was funnier than the actual joke of the punchline. Cause she's like, <laughs> like <laughs> my favorite is like, I can't remember what Monique says back to her, but she just blows her off. Monique is incredibly cruel. Oh yeah. In this movie. But Amanda Bynes just under her breath as Monique is walking away, just goes, she will do great things. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that kind of, I am here for everything that Amanda Bynes whispers under her breath after the main joke in any yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just walks out. Like, she'll say a line like that and then walk out like whack the inflatable man. I'm like, what is this style of comedy? It's the Nickelodeon style. So like, yes, it yeah, is. Amanda Bynes came up on all that and had her own show. The Amanda show was funnier than anyone gave it credit for. Yeah. But that's how Nickelodeon and to a, a greater extent, kind of Disney Channel too, would really push that kind of acting style very it's not subtle because it's for kids and right. so it's just kind of like in your face here's the joke i'm being goofy i'm pulling a face yeah but that feels like what this movie is too because amanda yeah. Bynes' acting is not great in this movie but she is very much like just being silly in front of a camera and it feels yeah. almost like the acting version of like jingling keys over a baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you tried to deny that, but you're like, no, that's true. <laughs> that's good. But that's not to say it's not valuable. Like, I do find some of that stuff funny. Like, I laughed out loud a few times in this movie. I, I think some of the funniest parts of this movie and where this movie really shines and, and the things that people remember liking about this movie are some of those moments where she is pulling a face and saying something ridiculous and no one else around reacts. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, watching it as an adult, I'm like, if someone said that in my presence, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> when she first goes into that door or whatever, and she's like talking to them. Oh, my the- God. Yes. <laughs> Dude, and, and there are so many times where she says something and you should hear a record scratch and then everyone be like, what the yeah. fuck are what? you saying? The scene they cut was like a counselor knocking on the door <laughs> and been like. Hey, everyone at the school is kind of worried about you. What up, dog? <laughs> Are they worried about this big old dick? I'm a man. And I'm like, uh, yeah, see, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. 
Love fucking chicks. It's like, which, like, follow your heart. I mean, which one do you want to see naked? Is what gets me every time. Because you're like, no one would talk. Like, no, like, even a dude would say, follow your heart. Like, the fact yeah. that she thinks that she has to, like, dial it back and compensate for that one. I talked about this a little bit when I was watching it, but, like, this does not do a lot for toxic masculinity. <laughs> There is one scene where Channing Tatum's character does get like a little heartfelt and emotional with Sebastian, who was Amanda Bynes at that point. But like, other than that, it is very toxic masculinity the whole movie. Well, he like tries to be, I I connected to his character when he's like, yeah, you know, like, I just want to like feel stuff. And then like, they don't let me. And then she's like, what up, dog? You got to see naked. And you're like, oh. But I do think a subtler hand would make him that more sensitive guy and just let him be that guy. Yeah. You know, and I feel like there are times when like the movie's hinting at it and there's that scene where he's like, hey, don't talk about her like that. Like there are flashes of it, but the movie can't let him not be a quote unquote alpha. Right. And it's like, if they would just let him be sweet, it'd be great, which is something that I think 21 Jump Street does a great job. Yes. Of. Oh, and yes. maybe they just weren't ready. I don't know. But I mean, like, you're absolutely right. Cause you're like, like, they're a more sensitive school. And like, these guys are actually more mm-hmm. sensitive than you think. And like, yes. and then she even says it in like the final scene. Like, it was the way you talked to me when I, I was, was a, a, boy. a boy that made me like you as, as a, girl. a girl. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. doesn't happen. And, all in the film and basically the only difference between Channing Tatum and her other boyfriend is just like straight up 1850s misogyny (laughs) (laughs) we're talking pre-civil war misogyny antebellum south misogyny guys that's what we're talking about that is the confederate general misogyny like he he passes the lowest bar to be the quote unquote sensitive nice guy that he's like Hey, do you think women should be allowed to play soccer with men? I guess. Yes, he's the he's the guy. Yes. He's the keeper. Not the keeper, that's the goalie. Yeah. He is a yeah. keeper. Not, her, and listen, her last boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend is a keeper. The keeper. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a goalie. Yeah. I wanted the movie to go into more like toxic masculinity and like how do guys talk when girls aren't around and things like but that. But this movie is 15 years old. I like, know. That's the thing you gotta remember. I connected because you, you know. Because Mikey still talks like that today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like back then, you'd, I, you know, I was always like more of a sensitive, emotional guy. I, I became a therapist. Same. I took AP Psych and I was like. I was always a more emotional guy. Too. I was like a big sports guy and then like you know I had to be in locker rooms and all that stuff and I'm just like oh I hate everyone so I would just like always turn to like Star Wars or like sports <laughs> oh it's just you know but like it never goes into that I wanted to go into that because I was like oh yeah I was like sensitive and like there is like a culture of like you have to be like a quote unquote man like especially in high school there certainly was when I was in high school yeah like 15-20 mm-hmm. years ago but like, I mean I don't know how prevalent that is now my yeah, sense is either. that it's a little bit less it, I'm sure it still exists But my sense is that it's a little bit less. I also think a part of this is we're watching this now, 15 years later, knowing what Channing Tatum can do. Yeah. Having seen him in roles that are more reflective of that dumb but sensitive guy. Like, he's so lovable. It is impossible not to love him in most movies. And I think that this movie just didn't understand that yet, where they were like, he has to be jock boy instead of like, Well, he can be, you know, this kind of in-between of like, 
you know, I'm not just a jock boy. Like, I think back to the friendship that he and Wyatt Russell have in 22 Jump yeah. Street. Yeah. Oh, man. I love those movies so much. And he's so great in them. Yeah. He's so fun. But even in, like, Magic Mike XXL, there is more kind of heart to him and his persona. And I think maybe this movie hadn't discovered that yet. And I think it suffers for it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, this is no step up, Channing Tatum. Oh, see, I think step up is overrated, but that's just me. Oh, and this movie is not. No, they're both bad. <laughs> I think this movie is just rated. PG-13, yeah. I'd assume. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Amanda Bynes gets home, and her mom has a ton of debutante dresses laid out. And she's very excited that they're going to do the debutante ball for Junior League. And Amanda Bynes is like, not having it and she's sad that there's no soccer but what's really funny and a this is the mom from just friends i was gonna bring that up because i was like i want a shared universe where amanda yes. Bynes, ryan reynolds and ryan reynolds brother in that movie are all related or like <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just want the exact character of the mom yes. from just friends in this her name is julie haggerty i love her so much she knows the assignment every time she's given the ball i every love time. it uh but to just to have her in this movie just be like Peanut, what hand did you slap? <laughs> Not the one I just bought. <laughs> Would love. But instead, she's like, oh, no soccer? How sad. And is clearly sarcastic. Oh, and clearly is but super it, glad that she's not going to play soccer this season. Yeah. So, like, it's horrifically mean, but very funny yes, at the same time. Absolutely. Just to see her, like, joy as she's, like, walking around in those, like, she has those dresses. I was like, these are clearly dresses from the 80s. Like, what is right? happening? Which means they'd be back in style right now. But during this time, right it wasn't. Right. But she also reveals in this scene that she's broken up with Justin. And her mom is like, but he's so handsome and rugged and chiseled and great. And she's like, well, then why don't you date him? And then she stops and considers it for a moment. Oh, and she's like, She has a think about it. She's like, <laughs> what is he born? <laughs> Oh, wait, no, it wouldn't work out. No, oh, wait, no, he's he's one of my daughter's high school friends. This is wildly inappropriate. Yeah, no, in my mind, this is like an alternate dimension where like highly sexualized high school students is like a thing that is so acceptable. Oh, you mean like yeah. our current dimension? Yeah, it's always been this dimension. Yeah. We've always been a part of the darkest timeline, Mikey. Dude, have you never seen a John Hughes movie? I have. I have seen those movies. Just saying. So she goes upstairs and finds her brother Sebastian in his room packing and he's like throwing his bags out the window because as we will find out, he has lied to his parents yes. and told his mom he's going to stay with his dad, told his dad he's going to stay with his mom. Meanwhile, he's going to a music festival in London to play for two weeks to play with his band and he needs Viola, his sister, to call the school, pretend to be mom to basically excuse him with some sort of illness or something like mono or something that would last a few weeks, but like, isn't life threatening. And like, and honestly, like that is a good plan. Nothing that happens is his fault. Yeah. He, his plan is like, Hey, I'm going to go play these shows, which honestly go do that. Especially if you've been invited to play on a festival and you're like an unsigned band, that would be a huge get for you guys go play that show. But like nothing that happens after this is his fault. Well, and it's the first two weeks of school. So like, yeah, that's missable. Like, that sounds terrible. And I'm no, I'm not advocating that you just miss school willy-nilly, but I'm just like, I if am. you have to miss a couple weeks, miss the first two. I think if COVID has taught us anything is that I don't know what school is anymore. 
<laughs> says someone who's not in school during COVID. But like as someone who did stuff like this to chase that dream and then ultimately fail, but like you should do stuff like that. Like yeah. that is how you get your name out there. And clearly like Olivia like knows his lyrics by the time he gets back. So they must have blown up super hard. Well, no, she has. I know because paper. she's reading the poem or but whatever. Also, yeah. There is a point in the movie where his song plays in the restaurant. Really? Yes. That's ridiculous. I mean, because no one gets signed in high school. It's, it is possible to get signed in college. Like, I know one dude who got signed when he was 17. Well, like, we played a few shows with him. It's Nick Perry from Silvertide. He played in Shinedown. Anyway, he was in math class and got a text on his phone that, like, they were getting signed by Capital. He stood up and said, and I heard this from him. So if it's a lie, it's on Nick. He said, I have two goals in my life. That is to rock and roll. So I got to go. And he walked out of algebra and never went back. Hell yes. Fucking king that shit That is how right you there. go out like a legend. That's Nick Perry, guys. And like two years after that, they were on tour with like ACDC because Silvertide was like the up and coming last of like the age of excess bands and then got dropped because no one gave a shit in like 2005, 2006. But their album was awesome. Sorry. Go ahead. So uh, just this past <laughs> weekend saw Weezer Fall Out Boy on Green Day. Nice. Brought my friend that I used to work at Sir Tab with with me and he was in a band called The Sheds for like a long time okay. but they were signed at like 13. Oh my god. And were playing Warp Tour at like 13. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. The dream. <laughs> so it does it does happen. So it happens but like it's normally in college when you like get discovered and stuff like that. And a lot of that yeah. is like just being incredibly lucky. Or knowing somebody like Kings of Leon, like they're they had an uncle who was like a VP at Sony. So like they got put together because they knew and they blew up because they knew someone who worked at a record label. Anyway, so he decides to go and instead of just calling and pretending that he has mono, she decides that she is going to become him for those two weeks. Now, what I want to know is who called her school to explain why she was absent from her school for two weeks. They never address that. Like the only <laughs> shot we have at her school it. is two weeks before when soccer practice starts, right? And then right. we never go back to her school at all, ever. Like I never. think she just drops out and gets her GED and goes to college. I, yeah, who knows? Or or she did the plan, but for herself and said that she had mono so that she could go play as him, yes. I guess, maybe. I guess, yeah. But that would also mean that like, like I know at the end of the movie, they don't want to, they're not going to forfeit the game because they don't discriminate based on gender, but she's not enrolled in their school. Oh, she would be an ineligible athlete. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. would not let her play or they might let her play, but the game is forfeit. Her actual high school team technically wins that game. Yes. Right. So she decides to try and turn into her brother to go to the rival school to beat her boyfriend's team after two weeks and so she goes to try and talk her friend. This works better in college. And I, again, don't understand it. She, it is her gay friend, Paul, yeah. who is working as a hairstylist. And I'm like, either he is at least one or two years older than her and is in beauty school, or he is fully five to six years older than her. And how did they meet? Because it, they're played as if they're the same age, but he is fully not in school and is just working. Right. So I'm... I'm wondering if maybe he was like a year or two ahead of them, but it's never explained. The darker timeline would be he came out and got kicked out of his house and then oh. had to drop out of school to go to work. See, that's actually what I was thinking because I was in private school at the time and people did not come out really. Mm -hmm. You just didn't. But people would graduate and then come out. So my head canon for him is that 
he was like the gay kid at school. They were his friends. He graduated, came out, became a hairstylist, and they have remained friends. But the movie doesn't explain any of this. But you're right. They are played like they're the exact same age. Like he should be in class, but like he dropped out at 16, got his GED and became a beautician or is in school for that. Right. Or something. But it's just one of those things where, again, having it be college solves all of these problems. But anyway, so he essentially styles her wig because he's like, I'll see, we'll see what I can do. We get like a beauty montage, but it's, it's really just them trying on mustaches. <laughs> yeah, which she never wears any facial hair except for the sideburns. It's a me, Amanda Bynes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, Sebastian. Um, so, oh my God, Amanda. Duh. Oh wow, Amanda. Binds her boobs. <laughs> she does. That is, oh my God. It's all a part of the QAnon conspiracy, guys. Oh my God. How did we not see it written all over the wall before this movie came out? Because I can't read. <laughs> is within this beauty montage is a, ma- a montage of her doing like male mannerisms. Oh yeah. Like her like following dudes down the street page. Yes. That is so funny. It is the most wacky wobbler that she gets in this movie oh, yeah. is following <laughs> men down the street. If you tell Amanda Bynes to act 90% of the time, she's wiggling. Like that's what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I miss it. Bring her back. <laughs> I support Amanda Bynes on her healing journey. A hundred percent. Is she like out? She doesn't act anymore. She hasn't. I believe she's in college or at least she was at one point she'd spent a considerable amount of time in rehab at a couple facilities oh really that's a bummer i'm glad she's getting the help she needs but there was an article that came out not long before pandemic where she was talking about just that it got overwhelming sure i bet it did she really struggled with her mental health and supposedly things were going better i hope that's the case ongoing yeah um, but I haven't seen her in anything recently. Would love to if she wants to come back to acting, but you know. So she has learned to walk like a wacky wobbler from a used car parking lot mm-hmm. and has and has a wig. So this plan can't fail. Just like a dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so she tells her mom she's going to stay with her dad and basically lies about it to say that she's going to spend time with Monique uh, to learn more about being a debutante. And so that's why she's going to go and her mom is like that's fine i'll see you at all these events and one of them she's like it's going to be a carnival and amanda Bynes just goes look out and every time (laughs) it gets me every time so she arrives at the new school as sebastian gets out of the car and says hi to one person and he just goes hello and she just goes he knew (laughs) (laughs) no lie he absolutely did because she's not convincing at all no not at all the fact that so many people believe it in this movie is bonkers i really wanted the reveal to happen like with channing tatum and him to be like i know (laughs) yeah we all know we all know (laughs) you weren't fooling anyone we're just really nice people we thought you were mentally ill and going through something and so we just wanted to be supportive of you and your journey so she does finally agree to leave and as paul is driving away he just says inside every girl there's a boy i mean you know what you I know mean. what i mean be a good boy and then leaves now what's really funny in this scene because occasionally this movie does really interesting stuff but it's in a bad movie. And so you're like, I don't understand why this is here. There's a song that's playing. 
non-diegetically. It's your movie score. But then as she walks through school, she walks past the marching band and seamlessly they're playing the song that was part of the score. And then as she passes them, it goes back to being the score. And it's just kind of this one weird, cool thing where I'm like, that's kind of fun. I wonder why they thought to do that instead of like, I don't know, rewrites. Um, <laughs> well, because that's done way after the movie is filmed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, we got to do gotta anything we can turn. to make this movie watchable. <laughs> what if we did this one thing that like no one will notice? Except paint. <laughs> Unless you're an audiophile, you won't notice this. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she gets to her room where she meets Channing Tatum. Uh, who is Duke Orsino, as well as Andrew and Toby. And they do kind of insult her a little bit where they're like, you're small. Freshman dorm is that way. Twiglet is what he says. Yeah. Basically like, because she is small <laughs> like compared to them. Now, granted, they all solidly look 30 yes. in high school. Yes, they do. But even for a high schooler, Amanda Bynes is taller, but she's kind of lanky. So she does seem dwarfed by most people around her on the team and everything where it's like, how is no one questioning this? But her explanation is, I skipped a few grades. I'm brilliant. <laughs> and then right after she says, I'm brilliant, she tries to sit down on the bed, misses and falls to the floor. Yep. When she misses the other people in the corner being like, something's wrong with him. They're like, are you concussed? Like what? <laughs> I don't, uh, she asks him when soccer tryouts are. And my favorite is she also does the like bros, brothers brethren <laughs> like she she just questions so much how she should be interacting with them instead of just acting like a normal person yeah. but this is where they find her tampons and she has to justify why she has tampons and argues that she uses them for nosebleeds and they're like well gross <laughs> menstruation is the worst it's a horrible evil it's the most disgusting thing that we could ever contemplate 100 mm -hmm. percent. tampons are terrifying and it's a whole thing that's why women should not be allowed to play soccer yeah they bleed all over the field. the bears page have you considered the, the bears? bears what about vampires page <laughs> i'm here for it i am here for it <laughs> But listen, that is the punishment you get because your ancestor ate an apple at one point. That's why you shouldn't trust the Fae and you don't listen to snakes. Yeah. <laughs> snakes never have anything good to say. No. Anyway, she gets down to soccer tryouts where the juggernaut is their coach. But in my mind, I think of him as like, like bargain bin Jason Statham. Yes. <laughs> like I know he's another actor who has done other things, but in this movie, he is full Chev Chelios from Crank. <laughs> like, but also like weirdly sensitive to the play. Like he like yells at I them. I love it. But then he's like, yes, you have another chance. Go in there and do kick some butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't discriminate based on gender. And you're like, that's right. Bargain bin Jason Statham. We <laughs> don't discriminate he's based like, on gender. They specifically told me not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really need someone to explain to me why their soccer coach is a British hitman. Like it's never explained. <laughs> he's the only <laughs> British person in the movie. Like what is happening? That made sense to me. Here's my thinking. It's a super rich private school. Right. Yeah. European soccer coach makes sense if you're going to actually invest in your soccer team. Right. Because they're naturally just better. Yeah. It's a reverse Ted Lasso. Yes. So I was okay with that. So he calls shirts and skins and almost immediately the plan is foiled by shirts and skins. But she does finagle her way into being a shirt. Because she's allergic to the sun. Which is a very real thing. And it a very is. Painful allergy. I had a friend whose mother was allergic to the sun and, like, legit couldn't go outside or she would burn immediately. It was 
insane. Mm-hmm. It may not even be like technically a burn, but like she would get red and puffy, and it was like a. I was blown away by it. She's a vampire. I mean, yeah, sort of. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, so she makes second string, and my favorite is, is that he's like, "Hey, you second string players are just like the first string players, except for the playing part." Yeah, except for the part where you're gonna be on the field during the games. <laughs> Then they hit the showers, which, again, terrifying. Well, I mean, for her. My school didn't have showers, so I've never experienced this, except in, like, a gym as an adult. Like, that was the first time I ever experienced that. Our high school had technically, like, what would be considered communal showers, but they had, like, stalls. It was, like, a bathroom. Yeah, we had stalls. So, like, Mm -hmm. you would go in there, you would change, you would get naked, obviously, behind the curtain. It was, like, a dual curtain system. Yeah, those circle showers seemed like a nightmare. I was like, no, I'm so glad my school didn't have that. Yeah, I've never had the option, not that I would take it, but to shower in something like that. Anyway, so she gets saved because the principal wants to see her because she's a new student. And she goes to his office and while she's waiting for him, finds Sebastian's file, which is comically large. Like it's like 14 files in one because we've kind of implied earlier in the movie that her brother is a troublemaker, air quotes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the principal comes in. It is David Cross, a.k.a. charter school Tobias Funke. I mean, he is acting in a way that makes it very clear he has tight jean shorts on under his clothes. Yes, it, like the way that he discusses male pattern baldness later in this film was very reminiscent of Never Nudes. Like, yeah, I loved that's it. Exactly what it was it amazing. Like. Yeah, it was indeed amazing. So <laughs> he has him sit in the headmaster chair and is basically just like, "How do you like campus? I was a transfer here. Just think of me as like your unofficial big brother. Like, I'll check in on you and." Then sends him on his way. And as Amanda Bynes leaves, she runs into a girl who we will find out is Olivia. That's like the hot girl at school. And it's very much a meet cute moment where like they bump into each other. Her books fall and they like go down to the floor to help pick them up. It is like your quintessential right. meet cute. Yeah. And hey, everyone is into different stuff. Yes. But the subplot of her having a crush on Sebastian, who next to her looks like an eighth grader like one of the things that makes amanda Bynes stand out so much when she's dressed as sebastian she looks young she does like she is in theory a senior and looks like an eighth grader <laughs> and so when olivia is just like i don't know it's like this delicate hotness i'm like i feel like you should talk to someone maybe. i feel like <laughs> maybe olivia sexuality is a spectrum <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the fact that at the end of this movie, Olivia is not like, oh, I have to think deeply about who I'm attracted to and maybe yeah. figure out some stuff about myself instead of, oh, I actually fell in love with the girl I fell in love with, brother, who I've never met. Like that to me was wow. Wow. I mean, listen, you did sort of fall in love with his poetry or whatever. I bet she would like aspects of Sebastian, but she was clearly physically attracted to Amanda Bynes. He does kind of look like her, though. Yeah, I mean, they, that's they fair. do kind of yeah. look alike, but the movie definitely tries to play it as like she is attracted to Sebastian's sensitivity and the talks that they have and the way that they can interact in a way that's different from the way that she interacts with other guys. And I'm like, Yes, because she is a woman. So potentially, maybe. If this movie was made 
today, there'd be a wildly different subplots going on. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Uh, but in this little meet cute, she notices her shoes and is like, oh, cute shoes. Where'd you get them? Anthropology? They have shoes now? And I'm like, if this wasn't your clue that, that this is a straight woman pretending to be her brother, then I don't know what is. <laughs> because no, I've, I, I don't know. Like, maybe my dad might know that there are shoes at Anthropology. But mainly because he's been shopping with us. Yeah. I didn't learn what anthropology was until I was a full-blown adult, like dating, <laughs> like in my mid-20s. That I would say that's an appropriate time for you to learn. I think that's when you were ready to accept that knowledge into your life. And then I went with a girl and I was like, all this just looks like stuff that's extra expensive for some reason. Yeah. It's called branding and markup. Yes. That's what that is. Yes. But the reason Olivia falls in love with Sebastian is because that's what happens in Twelfth Night. Right. Like they're just staying true to the source material, you know? Right. And if they had, you know, been willing to experiment, then maybe her and Kia. I don't know who Kia is in this movie. I'm sorry. Kia, Amanda Bynes has two friends. One is ethnically ambiguous and the other is dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kia is the girl from Silicon Valley. Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who looks exactly the same. And this is she's like, not aged a no, day. No, she has not, not aged a day. I don't know what she's doing. I'm guessing it's something very expensive. She and I are doing the same kind of witchcraft. Her and Paul Rudd should get together and have a kid that would functionally be immortal. I <laughs> was on stage last night after having been in a car for five and a half hours with no makeup. My hair looked wild. And I just pointed to a person in the front row and said, how old am I? And they said, 25. <laughs> Paige, that looks accurate. <laughs> I mean, you do look 25. And then I had to reveal to them that I got my driver's license when George W. Bush was still president. And so whatever she's doing and Paul Rudd is doing, I am also doing. Do you think I'm part Faye? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. But I think you're rejecting that part of your heritage. Which is why you go after them so hard. Yeah. I'm like a self-hating fae. Oh, and those are the worst kind, Paige. I think, Todd, if you wore less like layers and stuff, like you would age slower. I think you're just like weighing yourself down. Like it really No, no, no. I think it's the opposite. I think he's like, you know how you wrap a mummy up to preserve them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Todd is actually eighty-nine years old. Yeah. But he started layering at give or take forty. When that girl said I was like Lestat, she meant you look two hundred and fifty. <laughs> when I was working retail I was eating a piece of pizza And my boss walked by And was like If you keep eating pizza You're not going to make it to 25 And I was like Well I'm 28 So it's good to know That the pizza's keeping me up <laughs> <laughs> I've been taking horse dewormer, so like I'm ready to go. It wasn't the horse dewormer that got Joe Rogan better. It was the monoclonal antibodies that he's not talking about. Anyway, I also think he's secretly vaccinated. The funny part about that is he was talking about how just your immune system alone can handle COVID. And then immediately when he got COVID, he took everything the FDA tells you to take. He said working out vitamin D and like being healthy would keep you from getting it. Yeah, because Joe Rogan's a fucking moron. And he's also like five foot three. There's yeah. no way he tops five feet, Paige. There are so many screenshots from when he's on Fear Factor looking up to incredibly short women. <laughs> I always look up to incredibly short women. They're heroes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We forged through barriers. I agree. But like they they shouldn't be allowed to play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So we cut to the cafeteria where David Cross is also working in the cafeteria and just says, Have a great apple and sandwich. <laughs> and then 
the guy behind Amanda Bynes in line just says, can I have? And he just says, no. <laughs> and gives him an apple and sandwich. And it's just like barely in the background, yeah. but it makes me laugh every time. So she sits down with Channing Tatum and the other two friends and basically is like, I can't believe I made second string. And they're just like, oh God, you again? And this is where we find out that Channing Tatum made her ex-boyfriend cry during a game. Yes, he absolutely did. And where they're like, oh, you have a sister. Is she hot? And instead of just being like, hell yeah, she's just like, she's got a great personality. And they say, ew. I know. What, oh, I couldn't believe That was so funny to me. <laughs> so, uh, but this is also where we find out that Channing Tatum's character is madly in love with Olivia. Yes. And his name is Duke because that's the character that he would be in Twelfth Night. Yeah, yeah, right. And we find out that Olivia was dating a college guy, but he dumped her. So she's like really vulnerable right now. And they're like perfect time to pounce. And I'm like, you're terrible. Yeah. But then also Malcolm is trying to slide in as well. I love the Malcolm character because he's so <laughs> bonkers over the top and I'm here for it. Uh, his opening line to her is, did you know that baloney is 38% hoof? <laughs> Uh, and she's like yeah great thanks i mean she very clearly is not at all into malcolm and like honestly seems annoyed by him whenever he speaks well he is a sociopath i mean and having a psychotic break because not only does he talk to his spider his pet which that's fine people talk to their pets but people don't hear their pets talk back to them like he does that's the concerning part well he totally just watches donnie darko every night in his dorm room just waiting for that jet engine to come Uh yes terrible (laughs) you notice he doesn't have a roommate for reasons the spider's the roommate that spider is the valedictorian. His actual roommate is just sleeping on a park bench outside. He refuses to be in that room with him. But wouldn't it be hilarious if it, like, we go through most of this entire movie and then eventually one day they just like pull the shot back a little bit and we, re- we reveal that he just has had a roommate this whole time. He's like, have you been talking to me? I've had headphones in. I don't, I'm so sorry. There's just a scene where like there's a kid and David Cross's office and he's like, look, I need to be taken out of this room. This kid is very... <laughs> Very disturbed. I need help. I feel very scared. Oh, I thought you were Malfolio. This whole, he's talking to the spider. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Amanda Bynes is like, I went through a breakup, so I understand. It's really sad. And she kind of like trails off and they like steal her Pepsi and part of her lunch and leave her at the table alone. And she tries to get them back by saying, plus you can never like, I don't get chicks to shut up. (laughs) Her fake misogyny is as funny as the real misogyny in this movie. Yes, it is. Um, But we cut to the showers at night where she thinks she might finally have a chance to shower in peace because she's in the boys dorm. And so like, she's got to figure it out. And they've just got those weird circle showers. And Malcolm interrupts her to yell about shower shoes. And as he is, Channing Tatum just walks behind him and just slaps him across the back of the head with a towel. And it is perfect. It is great. Like his scream is so good. I rewound it because it was so funny. His scream is literally. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact. That is a real scream. Really? Because when they did it. I I guess he like, I don't know if Channing Tatum missed or something, but he actually hit him. Like he got him in the back of the head with a towel. Yeah. Oh, you could see it actually hit him. (laughs) So his reaction was real. That's amazing. I love it. Honestly, 
I had forgotten that shot. And when I was rewatching it last night, I had to pause and very quietly laugh to myself. Yeah. Where I was trying not to wake other people up. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you had to watch this movie as a house guest in someone else's house late at night. <laughs> And we're not able to like laugh at all because you didn't want to wake them up and be a terrible house guest. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be well, and, and it was also after I had gotten home from a show. So like, if it had been like 9 p.m. or something, I would have been like, "Hey, do you guys mind watching this crazy oh, movie with yeah. me? We could have a good time." Absolutely. But it was two in the morning. <laughs> oh no! Hey, you haven't slept at all. No, I, I I slept a couple hours. It's okay. This is exactly why you should not be allowed to play soccer. Exactly. But it is also somehow how I look 25. <laughs> you can't age a day if you don't sleep at night. That's the trick right there. Because the day hasn't ended. Exactly. <laughs> so we cut to a dream sequence where she is playing soccer and is in a debutante ball dress and is trying to yes. score a goal on her boyfriend and fails. And she is awoken by being hazed where they drag them all into the showers, throw oatmeal on them and they're trying to get them to remove their clothes. But she ducks and crawls out and pulls the fire alarm, which basically allows her to escape. So she calls Paul and Paul convinces her to keep going because she's like, I can't do this. This is too hard. It's not good. And he's like, we're going to find a way for them to like you. We're going to turn it around. Yeah. So this is where they come up with the plan in the pizza place. So they go to the pizza place and it's like, so when I was in college, there was an Italian restaurant right across from like sorority row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so everyone went to like that one place. So it would be like, hey, uh, we're going to go get dinner. Like, do you just meet us there? And so like people were always there. This kind of struck me as the same, which again, one more reason why this works better in college but uh, we had a place like this in high school. It was literally oh, the Las you? Palmas close to our school. Yeah. Like okay. I would run into people there all the time for my high school and honestly did for years after uh, I went there. <laughs> like after I graduated, I'd be like, yo, Greg, what's up? How you doing? How you been? You know, <laughs> so there's a, a Sherry's uh, near my high school, but it's also near where we went to church, where if I ever go to that Sherry's, there's like a 50 50 chance i will run into somebody i know that's wild i mean um, I'm, I'm going to las palmas today after this recording with my brother not the same one because they're like a chain here in nashville of like terrible mexican food places but they're amazing that's okay for a hot second i was like did he mummify the brother too is that how this is gonna work <laughs> but then i realized you had more than one brother yes no i'm not taking the dead brother to las palmas yeah okay cool yeah. cool 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 cheap date though <laughs> it's not really because if i take logan i've got to take truckosaurus too it's a whole thing and truckosaurus <laughs> eats a lot so like yeah, it's a whole big mileage. yeah i know exactly it and yeah. it, believe me she a real gas guzzler so it's <laughs> rough on the pocketbook when you take them out yeah so they get to the pizza place and channing tatum and his two friends are kind of like spreading out to make it look like they don't have any room so that yes. Amanda Bynes won't sit with them. Yeah, because she's been marginalized as like a nerd, like crazy person because that's the way she's acted the entire movie. <laughs> yes, because she's saying things that again should stop any normal conversation in its tracks. Yes. And she's doing it constantly and she also looks suspiciously like an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah, every time she speaks, no matter what you were talking about, we are now talking about the crazy shit that's coming out of her mouth right yeah. exactly it's kind of like when mikey decides to pay attention during the podcast recordings and says something <laughs> that is very much what amanda Bynes is in this movie i don't 
believe that I should be allowed on podcast because of who I am as a woman. Well, it is a dying medium. Yeah. And we're pretty sure it's dying because it got mauled by a bear that smelled my period blood. (laughs) (laughs) For the last 20 minutes, I was like, okay, don't add any more to the conversation. We're taking a long time. I'm just going to, I'm just going to skip three scenes and I'll talk again. (laughs) I am going to start running this podcast, like pardon the interruption, where I can mute people for various amounts of time. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to put Mikey on timeout for three minutes. <laughs> I was like, I talked too much about Jesus's abs. We're not even in the movie yet. We've got to go on. All right. So their plan is to make it look like Sebastian is some sort of lady killer. Yes. And so they use Kia and Yvonne, her other friend, to basically both like just strut in and act like they have previously dated Sebastian. Yeah. And it's like a whole thing. Um, my favorite is Yvonne, which is just that I wasn't woman enough for you. Love is pain. I'll never forget you. Never. <laughs> and then she just stands there and waits for Amanda Bynes to slap her on the butt and then walks away. Yeah. And then Amanda Bynes <laughs> looks at the guys and goes, oh, man, she was too needy. Like- <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're befuddled because they're like, yeah. how? <laughs> Is this the same person we have had to interact with who is clearly bonkers? Like, what is happening? And as they're kind of trying to compute what's going on, Monique shows up looking for Sebastian. And Amanda Bynes ends up, like, hiding behind menus and all kinds of stuff to break up with her. Basically, like, yelling across the, the restaurant saying, like, you're super hot, but now I see you for what you really are, which is ugly. And so Monique leaves and Channing Tatum and his friends are like, okay, you can sit with us now because we just watched you play grab ass with two super hot girls and then dump a third. So like, what's going on? I think Channing Tatum even says, you're my new hero. Can, yeah. can you imagine being <laughs> an adult eating at this Mexican restaurant? It's an Italian restaurant. Oh, it's an Italian restaurant. The Mexican restaurant was where I hung out in high school, Mikey. I love when you half pay attention. It's my favorite bit on the podcast. (laughs) No, I thought it was a Mexican (laughs) restaurant. No, but like me, like I hung out in a Mexican restaurant too. But it's like they're eating and like, I don't want to listen to two high schoolers break up by yelling across the room. I've been like, what is happening here? On the contrary... I do want to hear two high schoolers <laughs> come across the room. Like, if I was in this restaurant, you would just cut to me in the background, like mid bite, watching the whole thing. Yeah. And just be like swirling a Diet Coke, like for the drama of it all. <laughs> oh, the tea, darling. <laughs> I'd go every week. It'd be like my TV show. It'd yeah. be like, and then Jessica <laughs> broke up with Morgan. It's what? So we cut back to school where we get like, a shot of Amanda Bynes walking through and is now like the most popular person in school. And she greets people as she goes and she's just like, brothers, lovelies, holla at your boy. It's <laughs> like, what are you saying? What is happening? It is bonkers. Oh my gosh. So we cut to, she's sitting with the boys, her phone rings and it's the Barbie girl, Aqua's Bobby, Barbie girl. I can't tell you how many times I've done that song at karaoke with somebody. Oh my God, yes. I'm a blonde primo girl. In a fantasy world, dress Paige, me up, let's make do me it. talk. I'm your daddy. <laughs> I can totally do that. Touch me here, touch me there. I'm sorry. See the glamour and pink. Yeah. Hanky <laughs> panky. Yeah, that song is dark. You can touch. You can play. 
<laughs> I would sing the girl part if I couldn't find a girl to do it with me. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. But Todd, let's do it and you sing the girl part. Paige. And I sing the other part. I have done that as well. <laughs> and yes, I say yes to this request. Yes. Coming to Patreon near you. <laughs> a gender bender Barbie girl brought to you by the Romance in the Pod group. Thank you. We we find out that it's her ringtone for Justin, but they keep reading it as Justine yeah. on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they get to assign lab partners. So she gets paired with Olivia. Channing Tatum gets paired with Eunice, who we I will kind of it. meet for the first time. Love Eunice. She's my favorite. And he tries to get her to switch so he can be lab partners with olivia and i love her reasoning where she's like i can't i said it out loud <laughs> i'm just like that's fair i mean she's not wrong she did no. say it out loud yeah exactly. like yeah yeah um so eunice takes her place as channing tatum's lab partner and it's just like i'm gonna be the best lab partner you've ever had i love eunice so much <laughs> i love that she gets her happy ending oh me I too do. me so too. much yeah i love it so we cut over to Olivia and Sebastian, a.k.a. Amanda Bynes as Sebastian. And she's like, yeah, uh, dissecting is gross. So you're going to have to help me with that. And she's like, it's so refreshing that you're willing to admit that most guys wouldn't. And as she's kind of opening her science book, she finds a like a piece of paper with lyrics on it. Yeah. And Olivia kind of snatches it and is reading them. And she's like, oh, it's just it's just lyrics for this thing. And this is where Malcolm is like, I could write poetry and songs too. Well, because Olivia reads them and she's like, oh my God, these are so deep and thoughtful or whatever. And Which they're not. I mean, but it's like high school. It's like vapid yeah. and whatever. But I mean, like that made sense to me that she would say that. And Malcolm is like, oh, you want lyrics? You want bars, girl? <laughs> I'll throw down. I will spit some bars. Actual lyrics, like the ones... Sebastian's lyrics that she actually reads remind me of the lyrics in Party Down where Ryan's in a band. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Shakespeare said thou doth. And you're like, there should be more after that sentence. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's the beginning, not the end. <laughs> I love Party Down so much. It's so uh, good. The There's a reason why everyone from that show is now famous. Yes. But so Malcolm sings his song and it is First of all, he goes for it because oh, he yeah. does full falsetto immediately. That's why I love Malcolm and Eunice in this movie because they're both giving a thousand percent anytime they're on screen and no one else is. So they stand out so well. Yes. Like your voice on this podcast. Oh, yeah, it does. Just giving out cancer, Mikey. <laughs> so the song is essentially him being like, I see you through your window and I'm standing right outside. <laughs> no, 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 no. It says, I see you in a window while I'm sitting in a tree. That's what yeah. it is. Sitting in a tree outside. I mean, he essentially is describing the plot to Back to the Future. So, and that <laughs> film is a classic. So, yeah. So, we cut to after class and Channing Tatum is like, hey, uh, you convince your lab partner to go out with me. I'll help you with your soccer. And she's like, deal. So we get like a soccer montage. Yeah. And we see her finally get to shower, but then also up like crazy early working on soccer. And she's getting better, clearly. No, I mean, yeah, she is. The whole thing, like Channing Tatum is like throughout all these montages is just teaching her how to like volley, like where you kick mm -hmm. the ball off of a bounce when it's like 
in the air. It's not on the ground. Like that is everything they learn in this movie is that one thing that you use maybe 2% of the time you play soccer. <laughs> well, he's like, I'm going to do a bicycle kick. And I was like, that is not practical. No. I mean, the people who have actually scored doing bicycle kicks when they had to do that to score could be counted on one finger. Like, it's yeah. so rare. Well, I also think, I think this movie does something really interesting that, um, like, Wimbledon did so differently, where where Wimbledon had so much tennis that it was interminable if you didn't like tennis. This movie has a lot of soccer, but so little actual soccer yeah. that it's easily watchable. Where if you don't know how soccer is scored or played, it doesn't matter. There's tons of soccer in this movie, but it's constantly moving and it's only tricks. <laughs> so like <laughs> it's what every American would want out of soccer. Just the flippy parts. Yeah. Be like, okay, I need a rainbow, which is where you like kick the ball up from behind you over your head. And it lands in front yep. of you. Like right. they do that. They do volleys. They do bicycle kicks. And meanwhile, like the only one that might be practical sometimes is the rainbow. The volleys are too, but like the bicycle kicks. No. My favorite is there's one point where Channing Tatum is about to throw a ball in and instead he handsprings off the ball. Where Okay. That's a thing. That is a thing. I did is that in really? high school. Yeah, that is absolutely yeah, a thing. Of course you did that. I didn't do it. I could launch that fucking ball across the whole field. Yeah, but I am a small, slight man and was then too. So like in order for me to throw it far but still have both my feet planted, which is a rule page, that's why they do this. Oh. If you lift your back foot while you're throwing, it gets turned over to the other side. But if you're doing a flip, and you throw the ball with it, you can throw it much further, but both your feet are firmly planted because of the inertia of your flip. So it actually, like, that is a valuable skill to learn, too. Like, we practiced that in high school, and I learned how to do it. We would do that only when you have to throw it pretty far. Like, if you're throwing it close, you don't do it because it would look stupid. But, like, if you're throwing it really far, that's when you, that's how you do it. That's wild. I thought that was just showboating. Okay. No, it does serve a, a purpose. Because, like, Mikey is a much bigger guy than me, and I'm sure it's much more muscular than me, so could throw it much further without doing that. I did not possess that strength, so I would do that to throw it. If you had to throw it, like, like 25 or 30 yards, you would need to – I would have to do that because there's no way I could do that without lifting my back foot or throwing it with one arm, which you're also not allowed to do. Like, it has to be both hands on the ball – both feet on the ground. All right. So uh, she gradually gets better, but she's also doing things like pretending to shave. At one point, she gets a ball to the nuts and has to I pretend that, so that it much. hurts. She's like, oh, my God, it, it burns. Why? I <laughs> yeah. <know> that <laughs> it burns. My, my favorite is the split second of like everyone else is like, oh, no. And then she just is like, oh, right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. I have to. It is pretty funny. That yeah, it's very funny. I love when she's shaving. She cuts herself like. Yeah. I uh, imagine shaving your legs is way more difficult than shaving your face. No, you would be very wrong. Really? Yeah, shaving your legs is super easy. Okay, well, I'm going to try it just to see what it's like. Because, like, you're going to need a weed eater. <laughs> shaving your legs is all straight lines. You're, it's just, like, up. Yeah, but so is your face, more or less. Like, it's not. But you're kind of curving around the chin. Yeah, but you got that. your knees to deal with. I mean, whatever, man. I believe you. You've actually shaved your legs. I have not. So Quite like, a bit. Anyway. Uh, we cut to Malcolm's dorm where we find that he has a like life-size Olivia pillow, which is so <laughs> scary. This man is obsessed in a very scary way. It's not healthy. This is also the spider's name is Malvolio, and he's talking to it directly. And he's going to try and figure out what's up with Sebastian, like find a way to ruin his chance with Olivia. Um, we cut to Amanda Bynes basically talking to Sebastian 
basically saying like, hey, great, glad your shows went well. Just make sure you're back by the 12th. Everything else is taken care of. So as she's on the phone, she's adjusting her wig and the principal, David Cross, catches her and comes over to be like, hey, I understand that you're wearing a wig. And instead of being like, why are you impersonating someone he just goes male pattern baldness you may have noticed i've started to thin out myself which is he is hilarious. fully bald <laughs> like bald. yeah this <laughs> reminded me of paul Shear in the league when he's like no i've got a full head of clear it's, hair it's clear hair. <laughs> it's so like bonkers and funny but like david cross is so good he is like giving it he's like delivering it man i love it but david cross is like freshly shaven bald yeah <laughs> like so, literally walked into the shower after shaving his head with a Bic razor <laughs> like that bald yeah <laughs> but then like shined it up with some coconut oil or something mm-hmm. like that but he he basically is like you got to come out as a baldy it's gonna be all right plus between you and me chicks dig it <laughs> um, <laughs> we cut to lab the next day where we find out that malvolio is missing And if we see him, we're not supposed to feed it because it has GI issues. I don't know why he thought that was useful to mention or why the school was like, yeah, totally keep a giant spider. But whatever. I mean, what is it? Aragog? Like, what are we doing? Like, get rid of that spider. (laughs) What if what if the role of Malcolm was just played by Hagrid? No other changes. (laughs) (laughs) You're a woman, Sebastian. (laughs) honestly love it love it you know who wouldn't love it jk rowling true she'd be like how dare you wear a wig and sideburns for a weird caper um (laughs) anyway back to my wizarding world (laughs) back to a world where anything is possible except for alternative genders (laughs) like literally anything is possible I feel like I'm actually maybe not in a body that reflects my true gender. Impossible. Really? I mean, <laughs> this woman created polyjuice potion. Like, right? that is crazy to me that she is very anti-trans. I mean, she is, and that's sad, but it just blows my mind that she's the kind of creative that can come up with polyjuice potion, but also still hate people for living their truth. See, this is where I'm like, it's deliberate because you would have to actively fight against a lot of other things that you think and believe to hold yeah. this belief. Yeah. I just ignore everyone. It's like a great place to be. You can still listen to Thriller on Halloween and not feel weird about it. I mean, I do that anyway because he's dead. I choose to listen to the much worse version of Thriller, which is called Starlight. By Muse? Oh, you guys don't know this? No. What? What? The song Thriller was originally called Starlight. You can find it online. Like Michael Jackson sings it. Cause this is Starlight. It's the same like everything. But it literally is before they rewrote the lyrics to it to call it Thriller. They changed everything about it except for the song. Like the song is the same. The lyrics are the only thing that changed. I did not know this. This is fascinating. I'll send you the link. Please do. Yeah, it's it's, honestly it's not a bad song because it's Thriller. It's just Starlight are the lyrics. But like. It's much better as Thriller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm very much an off-the-wall kind of person. Oh, okay. Okay. But, so I feel like I would enjoy this very much. But Mikey, the way I fool myself into still enjoying a lot of Michael Jackson's music is to be like, man, this is my favorite Quincy Jones song. Because he <laughs> produced all of his good songs. <laughs> so in Lab, she kind of pitches the idea of Olivia and Duke dating. And Olivia is not into it. Um, but she also tells Olivia, like, oh, you're not my type. Like, I don't think of you that way. We're friends. And it's almost like in that way, she creates this situation where she's like, well, why aren't you my type? Well, now I have to win you, which is 
an unhealthy way to think of relationships. So she believes that she has opened the door for Olivia and Duke. So she tells Channing Tatum, like, I set it up. You should ask her out. And he's like, well, I'm not good at talking to girls. And so she's like, well, let's role play. And immediately, like, reverts to her viola voice and is like, yes. Do you like cheese? My favorite scooter. Um, which becomes like a callback a few different times. It is a runner in this movie. Yeah. yeah I will say I love Gouda cheese. So do I. It's delicious. I did definitely look up how much that wheel of Gouda cost. You're welcome. Paige, I love you so much. I literally am typing into Google right now. How much does a wheel of Gouda cheese cost? I already cost? got you. Yes! I got you. I love your fun facts, Paige. All right. I'm, I'm honestly closing the Google tab right now. Bloop. Yep, do it. So <laughs> as they're doing that, the spider crawls across the foot. They freak out. Yeah. And they jump on the bed together and end up kind of like hugging. Almost kiss at one point. Like their lips get close together and then they start screaming even louder. Yes. And he, as they like separate, he's like, never do that girl voice again. And it's like, that's not, that's not what started this. This is the spider, <laughs> but fine. This is Malvolio's fault. Yes. Yeah. But this is also where they find out that their moms are both in junior league and Olivia will be there. At the carnival thing for the debutante ball or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, but also Sebastian and Viola are supposed to be there. So it's going to be one of those fun switcheroos. We're, we're getting a Mrs. Doubtfire up in here. I literally said to Natalie, I was like, oh, she's about to miss Doubtfire this carnival. The carnival <laughs> is my favorite part of the movie. Yep. As it should be, Mikey. So we get to the carnival. We find out that Olivia is in the kissing booth, working in the kissing booth first. Yeah. So Channing Tatum goes to get in line to try and kiss her. Then we see that Monique, the psycho ex-girlfriend, is there. And so Amanda Bynes is trying to hide from her. And then we also get a short shot of Eunice as the most terrifying fortune teller on earth, where she's just like a kitten gasping for air. <laughs> so she has the next shift at the kissing booth. Her brother's late for the cotton candy cart. So she runs to change. She bumps into Justin, her ex-boyfriend, yeah. who she's bumping into him now as Viola. And she's just like, no, I'm not getting back together with you. It was never about soccer. You're a jerk. Yeah, you're a misogynistic asshole. And he's like, can you just be a chick for five seconds? Ugh. And then she's like holding up her hand and counts like, she's like one, two, three, for fifth and then smacks him in the face. I thought yes. that shit was hilarious. I was like, hell yeah. What I think is really funny is she changes twice at this carnival for no reason. I know. Like, okay, so at this point she changes just to have that interaction. Then she runs to a bouncy castle to change. And like, yeah. there was no reason to change. Like, what what is she doing? There's also, because she ends up changing on that ride where she like is doing the whole change and then the ride stops and we reveal that she's missing a sideburn and it's on the cheek of a little girl uh, next to her. and she just That's a tilt-a-whirl, everyone. That is a yeah. tilt-a-whirl. Yeah, but yeah. that little girl was not there the entire time we were watching her change where they clearly show the entire part of that tilt-a-whirl. Well, you guys don't understand is that when she becomes a man, the woman part of her is shit out. <laughs> Just, and that is that little girl. Uh, I do love the reading of that. She's taking the sideburn off of her little version of herself. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, I love this. So she changes on that ride. Then she goes and changes again in the bouncy castle. But she doesn't need to. It's just this like whole extra. She only needs to change once to do the kissing booth thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she ends up changing three times. <laughs> so she makes it to the kissing booth uh, to relieve Olivia and literally does it just in time 
for Channing Tatum to get there. But also, can we talk? Kissing booths are gross. They are gross. Yeah, I hate kissing booths. In like, the time of COVID, you're like, oh no. I mean, Just even in at the general, time of not COVID, it's a really gross practice. Yeah. Generally, you get like kisses on the cheek. I've, I've never participated, but it sounds gross. I never have either. But I do love in this scene, like Channing Tatum's about to go up and kiss Olivia, who is like, quote unquote, the girl of his dreams, right? And right, then. Right. Amanda Bynes replaces Olivia and then Channing Tatum comes up and then a character I'm going to refer to as little Mikey just <laughs> gives them shit for the next three minutes of this movie. <laughs> and I loved it. He is the funniest, wittiest person in the movie. He's so great. And I was like, this is like if Mikey was next in line. This is Mikey. And I'm, I wouldn't even be emotionally invested in what was happening. I would just be bored. Well, regardless, <laughs> Channing Tatum gets up and they end up like making out. Like it, it's not just a kiss. It's like a kiss. Not before little me's like, you don't have to seduce her before you paid the money. Just kiss her. <laughs> he literally says, you don't have to flirt. You've already paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible it is so her ex-boyfriend sees it freaks out oh and then starts a fist fight even though Channing Tatum tries to de-escalate it by saying why don't we settle this on the soccer field he's like sure and then literally cold cocks Channing Tatum yes so they knock over a popcorn cart they break up the fight Amanda Bynes is pulling popcorn out of her boobs. And like spits a bunch out of her mouth. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And they basically get thrown out of the carnival. So we cut back to the dorm where she has like met up with Channing Tatum later as Sebastian. And she's just like, so what happened? You kissed my sister. Okay. But like, do you like her? Like you should ask her out. Yeah. Like what's, what's up there? Yeah. Like how's things what's going with that? that? Yeah. <laughs> and this is where they have a conversation about him being like a very sensitive guy. And yeah. It's very kind of sweet. Everyone sees him as this jockey, jock, jock face, but he's actually like the sweet, sensitive guy, but no one like sees him like that. Right. But also this is the first time in the entire movie we've seen him be sensitive at all. So maybe the fact that people see him only as a jockey, jock, jock face is because he doesn't let people see that side of him. Right. Mm -hmm. Which vulnerability is hard. Like I get that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I understand his plight in this moment. Yeah. So we cut to another soccer montage where Malcolm's taking pictures. He gets hit with the ball. Then we end with her and Channing Tatum weightlifting and she's just watching him lift weights essentially. Yeah. That I mean, I love this because this is like me when I'm at the gym with Natalie. Like I'm just <laughs> staring at her lifting weights like, wow, she's really good at this and I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where it seems like he's going to ask Viola out but no sooner has he done that, that Olivia comes and asks him out specifically to try and make Sebastian yeah. jealous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do love how Amanda Bynes handles this, though, because he just said, like, oh, I should just ask out your sister. That'd be fun. And I like her. She seems nice, right? So with that knowledge, when Olivia comes over, so, quote, unquote, Sebastian or Amanda Bynes walks away and calls him on his cell phone being like, hey, my brother told me that you wanted to ask me out. Let's do dinner tonight or whatever. I would be so mad, like, if I was talking to Mikey and I was like, yeah, I should ask somebody out or whatever and Mikey like immediately went and like called them and been like hey call him he wants to go out with you and then they called me immediately I was like I was just talking about it I wanted your feedback on it I didn't want it to actually happen yet I need time to emotionally prepare for this conversation your example is correct but if it was my twin sister one never but two 
I mean, never because she has better standards, and I get that. Like, she could do better than me. But two, yeah, I mean, if you were, I mean, I would, if someone was like, I'm interested in your twin sister, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, let me just call her. Hey, you want to, like, hook yeah. up with Todd or whatever? Yeah. But so Olivia makes the date, and so Sebastian, Viola as Sebastian, chases her down and is like, hey, uh, what's the deal? Which Olivia interprets as her being has her plan working but in actuality is amanda Bynes being like what the hell i just figured this out like come on what's happening yeah so we cut to their double date which is where the song is playing in the restaurant sebastian's song is playing oh yeah so in that amount of time that he went to play at this festival they got signed they produced an album and it's on the radio already uh todd it's a silly movie just go with it (laughs) (laughs) i'm just pointing out how silly it is mikey so they have a very strange date where Sebastian brings Eunice, so it's a double date. And Olivia is clearly trying to make him jealous by like licking Channing Tatum's ear, just oh like Oh my god, yeah. She goes overboard. It's so wild. But clearly is only into Channing Tatum's character when Sebastian's character is around. Other than that, right. she's out. Olivia's not into it. Right, exactly. So eventually Olivia and Sebastian leave the date for various like, you know, Sebastian's upset watching her licking Channing Tatum. Olivia was only doing it to get Sebastian. So they both run off, uh, leaving Duke and Eunice together uh, where he can ask her if she likes cheese and more than any other animal byproduct. (laughs) She's amazing. She's the best part of this movie, guys. Meanwhile, we find out that Sebastian is coming home a day early and he leaves a message for Monique, which blows the whole plan because Amanda Bynes never bothered to tell him what she was actually doing. Right. (laughs) So we cut to the Junior League luncheon where Viola is late and loud and ends up eating wings like Mikey because he can't chew like he has a secret. Man, this scene to me is bonkers because she is like aggressively going out of her way to look as insane as possible. Yes. And she ends up in the bathroom with Olivia and they're kind of talking about Duke. She's trying to like sabotage. And while they're talking, Olivia tells her about Sebastian and Monique overhears it in one of the stalls. Yes. So a huge fight breaks out and they break it up. And the debutante, the head of the debutante, like Junior League is one of my favorite characters in this movie where she just comes (laughs) in and she's just like, ladies, when debutantes disagree, they say it with their eyes. Which is- <laughs> My favorite moment from her is later when she they're like getting ready to go out on stage at the debutante ball and she just runs on the hallway like caterpillars, caterpillars about to be butterflies. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> I want to see her movie. I want to see this just from her perspective. Yes. I want the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead version of this movie with her. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. That's actually a perfect <laughs> reference, Mikey. And I know you don't understand how perfect it is, but it is. Thank you. Paige. It's a play. Oh, God. We can't. We can't. We don't have time. It's Hamlet, right? It's based on Hamlet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Malcolm, who's trying to convince David Cross that something is up. Something is afoot. Yes. Sebastian. Um, and he's like, no. And as they're talking about it, Sebastian walks past clearly talking as Viola to her mom about her dress and heels for the debutante ball. (laughs) We cut to later that night, Sebastian comes home in a taxi and Olivia sees him and runs to kiss him. Well, because Amanda Bynes had given her that, that advice of 
Yeah. Next time you see him, just kiss him. Tell him how you feel, right? And so she literally says before she builds up to this, just close your eyes, kiss him, and tell him how you feel. And then she literally runs up to Sebastian, who we only get to see shot from behind because I guess we're supposed to expect that that is actually Amanda Bynes, even though that character's fully three feet taller than Amanda Bynes. <laughs> yes. So Olivia <laughs> now has to very much like reach up to kiss him does so, tells him how she feels by reciting his own lyrics back to him and then runs away. Yeah. Well, and Duke sees the whole thing, so he's yes. super mad. Monique gets the voicemail about Sebastian coming home early, so now she knows something's up. So as that's all happening, Amanda Bynes comes back to the dorm, unaware of all of the stuff that's happened. <laughs> and Channing Tatum gets super mad at her. Well, yeah, because he thinks that Olivia actually kissed Amanda Bynes as Sebastian, right? So he feels very betrayed. Right. And so he throws him out of the dorm. So she ends up shacking up with Eunice for the night. I love that scene where that happens because Eunice is like, so you're saying you need a place to stay for the night? And like puts her head on Amanda Bynes' shoulder. <laughs> it's so yeah. great. Eunice is amazing. I hope she acted after this. I think so. I think I've seen her in other things. I'm going to look it up. Meanwhile, Malcolm finds out that Sebastian's a twin. So that yes. he has now put every all the pieces together to figure out that it's Viola. Right. Oh, my God. Okay, I just looked it up. Eunice has been in a lot and is still acting. She was one of the main characters in Supernatural. Yeah. She was Becky Rosen and then Becky Rosen Winchester. Maybe she got married in the series. I've never seen Supernatural, but. Oh, Supernatural is pretty solid. It was like 15 seasons, so it's like, you know. But it's also one of those shows where you could just watch one episode randomly and not know anything else about the series. And yeah. You get it's it. It's like Law and Order. Yeah. Anyway. So Malcolm and Monique go to David Cross to be like, yeah. we're pretty sure that this is what's going on. Cut to the next morning where they've woken up real Sebastian and they're dragging him down to the soccer pitch because no one has recognized that he's clearly not the same person. <laughs> I just love how easygoing her twin brother is with all of this. Like, you know that Amanda Bynes' character is just absolutely batshit, does weird stuff all the time. Because he comes back from London, is super chill about all this, and he's like, my twin's back on her bullshit. <laughs> Guess I better show my dick to this stadium full of people. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we cut to Eunice, who did not wake up Amanda Bynes. Right. And so she's now late for the game. She was, like, studying. so serene. <laughs> I made us breakfast. I love um, her so much. So we cut to the soccer game where their mom and dad are in the stands because they've been asked to go there by the principal. Yes. And they quickly realize that they don't know where the kids have been for two weeks because they both thought they were staying with each other. Yeah, because they're terrible parents. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, so her friends are at the game too. The real Sebastian's on the field and he's not doing great. But they're starting to psych each other. Like, the teams are psyching each other up for the game. Also, can we talk about the ugly-ass face paint that the main team put on? They do that because they have to hide the fact that they do look a little bit different. Amanda Bynes yeah. and her twin brother, right? So, like, I understand right. why they do that. But, yeah, that's bonkers, Mikey. See, I think it looked real cool, like, Braveheart. I was down. It did look a little Braveheart. But after halftime, because it's, like, faded and melted away, yeah, it's, it's more like cool. Brave Fart. <laughs> yes Braveheart was like super simple Just like stripes or whatever Another movie where a bunch of people showed their privates to people Yeah <laughs> I'm sensing a theme This movie's a lot like Braveheart guys Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty it's much like Braveheart the brave, It's Amanda Bynes' Braveheart <laughs> So they start the game And here's how you know this movie came out in 2006 
because All American Rejects' Dirty Little Secret plays prominently in the soundtrack. Oh. Both of the songs All American Rejects, like you would know by them, are featured yes. in this one movie. Because the next one is the second half of the game. The first half of the game is Dirty Little Secret, and then I think I wrote down the other one. Let's move I along, I think. It is no, it's Move Along. It's at the very end, but yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one in the middle of the game or later in the game is OK Go's Invincible, and I love yes. OK Go more than anyone should. So real Sebastian, not good at soccer, totally failing. Well, yeah, he's not an athlete. He's a musician. Like, I got that. Yeah. But to Mikey's point, the fact that he's, like, on the field at all at this point is nuts. And then she just, like, she calls him over at halftime and is like, hey, I've been pretending to be you for two weeks while you're in London. I'm on the soccer team and I'm trying to get on because there's no girl soccer team. And and then I'm dating this guy. That's after he's already showed his dick. Yeah. He has just as many issues as her. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, 100% support you, sis. Like, he's like the most, he's like, he's like, my sister is bad shit, bonkers, and I love her. Yeah. Love she's her. back on her bullshit. And I'm going to support that woman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she covered for me while I was in London. I owe her. Right. So the principal goes and stops the game to try and claim that Sebastian is Viola, except it's not for this one time. And to prove it, he just drops his pants and shows his dick, which the argument that the only thing that could prove your gender would be your genitals is problematic in and of itself true let alone the fact that these are underage people yeah these are minors showing their genitals to a crowd yeah yeah they could be 18 because they're seniors but i doubt it yeah uh so they're like uh oops sorry okay bye so they call halftime uh and this is where she pulls real sebastian aside they switch uniforms she goes back out and argues for the coach to give her another chance he does she actually does okay but duke won't pass her the ball so she kind of argues with him about it and it starts a fight again so the coach like walks out onto the field and there's a guy running faster than him and he just pulls his jersey down so he because that guy was like limping right yeah that guy was injured and the british hitman that is their coach throws him to the ground <laughs> re-injuring him yep. it is no bonkers. i know what this is like he's like i've been waiting for this chance he just goes <laughs> in the field mikey, he's barreling through kids why, why did i know that mikey was gonna be on board for beating up break children? it up and he just like breaks a guy's back well, <laughs> he banes him my favorite's the mascot fight that breaks out because one team is the armadillos which... yes i call them danger possums <laughs> <laughs> And now I will forever as well. <laughs> you can thank Awesome Possum Blossom for that, by the way. I'm sure that came to me Danger through a fun fact. Yeah. Anyway, so now everything gets revealed out in the open. We reveal that it's Viola. She has to show her tits because apparently we didn't have enough problematic nudity in this film already. I feel like she didn't have to, and she like I don't think she did either. But I think she know, wanted to. <laughs> hey, if she was 18. I would say show him as much as you want, but yeah, because the principal wasn't asking her; she was just flashing Channing Tatum. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> Given the chance, I do want to point out that Paige moved her mic very close to her mouth when she said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, the opposing team is now like, you have to forfeit because she's a girl, so you yes. can't play. Right, but Illyria, the school that she's playing for, is like. Even though she's not technically a student, no, we don't discriminate based on gender. She is going to play. And they're like, well, if you think you could beat us with a girl, then fine. And so, of course they do. So they resume regular play. I did love that the British hitman soccer coach rips the manual in half. 
mm-hmm. and then hands it back to the ref. If you watch the ref in that scene, he's like, that was my, that was mine. Why did you rip it in half? Like, wait, what is happening? Like, <laughs> he's like, this is what I think about institutional misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> but the ref who has no speaking lines, like is really giving it his all on the scene. And I respected the hell out of that. Yes. So uh, they get a penalty kick and she gets to try and score on Justin and she misses the first time he blocks it, but then Channing Tatum headbutts it and she bicycle kicks it into the goal. Yes. And everyone's super excited. Everyone's on the field. She introduces Olivia to real Sebastian and then Eunice and Toby finally get their chance to be together. I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. Those two people, Eunice and Toby, best actors in this movie. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) He was good in uh, Tucker and Dale too. Did we talk about the, man, I hate high school scenes. No, I think we missed it because something else was happening, but there, there is a scene earlier in the movie when, oh, it's when they're at the, it's the double date scene page. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Because Sebastian and Eunice are there and uh, Andrew and Toby are at a different table and they're like, yeah, well, if Sebastian's dating Eunice, maybe Eunice is hotter than I thought. And then Toby is like, man, what I wanted to ask out Eunice, y'all told me it was like stupid. Y'all made fun of me. He's like, nah, man, I hate high school. I love that. I hate high school. It is so great. So everyone seems to be happy except Viola and Channing Tatum because their friendship has been fractured by lies. Right. So she gives him a wheel of Gouda cheese, which retails for approximately $88. <laughs> how big is that, though? Is that like five pounds? Like how- 48 ounces. Oh, 48 so like ounces 10 of pounds? Gouda cheese. Yeah, it's like 10 pounds. Wow. That's honestly cheaper than I thought it would be. Me too. I did find some for as high as like 200. Yeah. But for for one that looked a lot like that one is about 88. Yeah. Wheels of cheese can get super expensive. Yeah. So this is where we get to the essentially debutante ball at the end. Yeah. And she's going to be escorted by her friend Paul because Channing Tatum hasn't responded to her yet. Oh, except she fucks over her friend Paul after he shows No, it. she doesn't. No. Yeah, no. He he gets his happy ending too. He definitely we'll does, yeah. So this is where we get the like little baby caterpillars. Yeah. <laughs> and just to be clear, Mikey, Paul was only doing this because he didn't want her to have to walk out by herself. It's a, actually right. really sweet for Paul to have done this this way because Paul is clearly not into Amanda Bynes, right? Uh, 100%. But yeah. she, he does show up for her knowing he's like, I'll escort you. Yeah, he's a great friend. I love Paul's character. He's great. Yeah. I do question why he had so many fake mustaches, but like these are questions I'm not going to get into possible serial killer, but like he definitely has a lot of mustaches. He does. Right. So she goes out to kind of catch some air and she sees a silhouette in the distance and starts <laughs> talking to it. I mean, like it means a lot that you showed up. Yeah. It's it's like foggy. And I was like, she's 1000% about to get murdered by Jason. Like Whoa. she's by a lake. It's foggy outside. This shadow is walking up on her. This became a horror virgin episode. <laughs> right. And it turns out to be the groundskeeper. Yeah. who's just like, I got to turn the sprinklers on. A sprinklers on in a swamp. Right. <laughs> but Channing Tatum apologizes. They end up going to the debutante ball together. Yeah. And they end up together. And so does everyone else, including Andrew, the other roommate, and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, who have not interacted this whole time. This is 
like a whole extra thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get Move Along playing as they play on the soccer team at the end. Yes, because it is sort of implied that Amanda Bynes continues playing soccer with that team, even though she's right. not enrolled in that school at all. She, she enrolls. And then the other Sebastian also enrolls. Everyone's at the school now. Okay, that's right. fair. And that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So hit me with some final thoughts about She's the Man, guys. It's bad, but it's it's fun. It is. It is a bad, bad, fun movie. Like, it's not worth watching, but I think you should watch it. It's that sort <laughs> I don't of thing. Think I don't think I'll ever watch it again. No, I won't either. But it was worth watching once. I did laugh out loud a few times. It was more fun talking with y'all about it than watching the movie. It absolutely was. This is definitely like an invite people over and watch it while you make fun of it together type movie. By the way, I just looked it up. The guy who plays the groundskeeper has done 146 acting credits. This dude has been acting since the 70s. Good for him. Oh, that's amazing. Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Hit us with your fun facts. Malcolm, fun facts. <laughs> I like that one. Let's go. So Amanda Bynes actually does most of her own soccer playing in the movie. I find that completely believable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, wait. Except for the end scene in the final game where she looks like the girl from the ring playing soccer. They don't put her hair in a ponytail on purpose so they can have someone else. And every time her she hair moves out from like- her face, they zoom into just the soccer ball so you can't see who's actually playing. It looks like the girl crawls out of the well and starts playing soccer on that field. Yes. So she actually also (laughs) fought hard for Channing Tatum to get the role. So that's the only reason he gets it is because she fought for it. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Uh, And producers didn't want to cast him because they thought he looked significantly older than his co-stars. That is accurate, though. (laughs) That is also accurate. Although I looked it up. He was born in 1980, so he was 26 when this movie came out. That's still, I mean, she was like 20. Like, that's not crazy old, but he he looks considerably older. Exactly, yeah. The producers originally wanted Jesse McCartney to play the role of Sebastian because his features were actually more similar to Amanda Bynes. And he was unable to shoot the film. He was unavailable at the time. Really? Okay. Yes. Most of the cheerleaders in the movie were also dancers in Reefer Madness, the movie musical, (laughs) which was shot by the same director around the same time. Okay. On Viola's first day at school, there's a sign for the school play titled What You Will, which is an alternate title for Twelfth Night. Oh, okay. It's usually referred to as Twelfth Night or What You Will. Okay. The Junior League is named the Stratford Junior League, named after Stratford-upon-Avon, obviously. Yeah. Well, and uh, Illyria is one of the other schools, right? And Illyria is the kingdom that Twelfth Night takes place in. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. In 2018, Amanda Bynes actually said that performing this role led her to a significant bout of depression because she didn't like how she looked as a boy and that's how she appears for most of the movie wow okay that's unfortunate Channing Tatum was in Step Up but the guy who played Justin was in Step Up 2 so (laughs) and those are your fun facts well thank you for those fun facts do you still think they're together which one I think you should go through all three None. I think none of them are together. Yeah, I think I it's think fair to, to say that none of them are together. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this is high school romances, it's so rare that you'd stay together. Yeah. It happens absolutely. super rare. Yeah. So let's talk box office. So, what do you think the production budget for She's the Man was back in 2006? I think this cost about 20 mil. Mikey, what do you think? $27 million. You guys are actually very close. It was $25 million. And mm-hmm. it came out on March 17th, 2006, and it was number four in the theaters that weekend. It was beat by V for Vendetta. That was was also in its first week. Failure to launch was number two. Shaggy the dog was number three. Of course,
She's the Man was number four, and The Hills Have Eyes, which we've done on The Horror Virgin, was number five that week. What do you think it made that weekend, the weekend of March 17th, 2006, when it was fourth at the box office? I think about eight. What do you think, Mikey? 12. You guys are on either side of it. It was $10.7 million. Uh, it then went on to make $33.8 million domestically. So a little bit above its budget, but internationally it made $21.3 million for a total of $55.2 million. Now, that's not bad. They made money and it's more than double their the production budget, which is normally where you want to be to pay for both the cost of the movie and the marketing so that's good they're in positive territory but it also went on to make 35.2 million dollars in the domestic dvd and blu-ray market so it made money yeah this is super popular yeah yeah it absolutely was it did very very well so that is your box office sweet so this week i made you guys watch she's the man and you're welcome what are you making us watch next week is it page page mikey mikey Mikey. what are you making us watch next week there is a movie that has just been put on amazon prime that looks very interesting okay is it a brand new movie no it's from 1988 and it stars cindy lopper and Jeff Goldblum. What? It's a romantic comedy where they both have psychic powers and Wait, fall in love. It's called Vibes. It's called Vibes. It's called Vibes. Oh my it's God. Vi- Mikey, I've heard of the, I've never seen this movie, but I've heard this movie is <laughs> next level bonkers. And it's like heartthrob Jeff Goldblum because it's like from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a conversation with someone about this movie and they said it's like terrible, but everyone needs to see it. Like that sort of thing. I can't wait. This is going to be so amazing. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I thought we could all go down this crazy rabbit hole together. If I remember correctly, because he, he brought up the poster for the movie, and it's got Cindy Lauper on one side and uh, Jeff Goldblum on the other, and they both have their hands. Yes! They both have their hands up. Mikey just brought it up. And they're oh, like, that's amazing. It's like they're like, oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait. I wanted to watch this when we talked about it. I watched the trailer on Amazon. <laughs> it was just a scene with Jeff Goldblum guessing things psychically, and I was like, Yes, this is a romantic comedy. I'm going for this movie. All right, perfect. So your homework is to find your psychic love and convince them to watch (laughs) Vibes all while doing it telepathically. And then listen to next week's episode on Vibes. Yay. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, shit. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, Mikey. Well, while you're looking up a review, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and then have Mikey read it. So, Mikey, who's you going to read this week? Nick at Fright. Well, Nick at Fright. First off, amazing name. Yeah, Paige. Uh, What does Nick at Fright have to say? The title is, I love you, but my boyfriend, dot, dot, dot. I can't see the rest of the title. But I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It probably doesn't. I'm using context clues for... I'm sure it's just doesn't. Yeah. I don't want to make assumptions. <laughs> Sounds like he has gross feet. <laughs> As someone with gross feet, I take offense. You guys are the reason I started watching rom-coms again. Oh, I'm sorry. And I have no regrets. <laughs> I can fully appreciate all of the movies for what they are. Just crazy, confusing fun that I sit through in order to listen to three of my favorite people rip them apart. Oh, that's so sweet. But they are terrible movies. <laughs> I listen to you guys so often. My boyfriend has started to get annoyed. Oh, the last time we were in the car together, I was enjoying an episode and my boyfriend tried talking to me. So I turn up the volume up louder. Uh, the, 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 the emoji where you're like, you're like, like the, the ooh face emoji, you know oh, what I'm saying? Like, man, like, that's probably not the best way to handle that situation when your boyfriend's yeah. reaching out for like connection with his girlfriend. Just like a heads up on that. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, by now it might be ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't too happy about it, but I have my priorities straight when I drive. <laughs> 
okay emoji. Okay. All right. I mean, that actually sounds like a scene that I would rip apart in a romantic comedy movie that we review. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. Is that the end of the the review? <laughs> five stars. <laughs> so Nick at Bright, thank you so much for that awesome five star review. And Nick at Bright's boyfriend, I'm so, so sorry. Also, you probably should talk to an oncologist. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a PO box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a PO box, it's actually not a PO box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's six, six, eight, eight Nolensville road. Number one Oh eight dash 34 Brentwood, Tennessee three, seven zero two seven. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I'm your heroine now. <laughs> Toodle pit. Where's my sideburn? Bye. <laughs> Girls can't play soccer. <laughs> Girls soccer nerds. <laughs>